Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis lessons and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, well, they might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paid the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors? Well, they're not just great tennis coaches, but most of them are also authors. Um, People like on the first uh, Thursday of the month, it's usually Ellen Fox. The second Thursday, Coach Chuck Reese. And then on the other uh, Thursdays of the month, we have uh, people like uh, today's um, mentor, Coach Ashley Hobson, who's been a Davis Cup uh, coach, who's been uh, coached in 60 different uh, countries, uh, and he's uh, we've been blessed to have him before on the broadcast, and he just uh, is always he's still giving. And this is who most of these people are that we have on the Broadcast people like Dr. Bryce Young and uh, Nick Saviano, Coach Scott Williams, uh, uh, Energy Coach uh, Linda LeClaire has been on there. Uh, Ed Crass will be joining us uh, next week on the uh, broadcast. And you never know on uh, some of those other occasions when these people uh, can't make the uh, broadcast. Um, you might find uh, we've been blessed to have uh, over the last three-plus years college coaches, high school coaches, and other outstanding guests like uh, USTA officials, uh, PTR uh, officials, USPTA officials. You know, usually we try to provide a good broadcast for you. I know you're not uh, tuning in to uh, listen to uh an old coach like me, but uh, you have to put up with me until we get the other people on. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is that you can listen anytime you choose to the broadcast or any of the other uh, broadcasts on the Yellow Ball Network. And speaking of the Yellow Ball Network, I would like to thank the CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, well, you're missing out on some useful information. Because I do believe Dr. King when he said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, each tennis, and naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows, someday we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis. Together, though, uh, we can sit there and keep our communication lines open, and we can't give up. You never know. Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at coachdenise.fhstca.net. Or hear them on one of our Coach Denise Sharon Tennis Blessings broadcasts. It would not be the first time that's happened. You should also remember that if someone has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis.com. Or in between issues, you can find Jim Marks in my articles normally, as well as other information on Facebook, that's FLT. Tennis. That's FL Tennis on Facebook. 
and uh, there's a lot of things that go on be in between issues. We do try to keep you abreast of uh, what is going on, and uh, if you uh, tune into Facebook, you'll be able to stay caught up with what's going on because um, Jim and I have talked before. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the articles we put in that uh, maybe the title should have been World Tennis, but uh, being the magazine is going on 30 years now, and it's been called Florida Tennis Magazine. I guess it's too late to change the name. Well, I think I see our uh, mentor on, which is great. So let me get to my commentary so we could uh, uh, bring Ashley on the broadcast. Okay, on second. Let me make sure that's him. Ashley, are you? Good evening, John. How are you? I'm blessed, Ashley. Thank you for being on. I was just going to do the, this commentary, and then uh, we can start our conversation, if you would. Okay. Perfect. Many of you so, sharing tennis lessons last Thursday we, was because Bobby and I were traveling around the state of Florida watching our grandson Ryan and his Mitchell College baseball teammates start their season in our sunny state of Florida. Over the last four years, you have often heard me speak about the blessings of tennis and other sports assisting you in their journey through life. Although enjoying the company of our daughter, Jana, and our son-in-law, Rick, the first couple of days, 10 days ago, well, a little more than that now, admittedly, much of our discussion were about the young Mitchell baseball team that Coach Belusley took to Florida, and naturally about our grandson, Ryan, who was soon to uh, pitch his first collegiate baseball uh, game. Those of you reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine have often heard me suggest that if you coach junior or high school tennis, you should take those teams to a college or pro match whenever the opportunity affords itself. Hopefully, I also emphasize all sports because I do think that it's good for any sport. There's so many lessons to be learned, but especially for coaches of team sports. One of the many reasons I recommend taking your teams to these events is because you're showing your athlete the competition they could be facing, and you, they have an opportunity to measure for themselves if they're ready to compete or not. Uh, and excuse me, if they're, if, yeah, if they're ready uh, to compete or not. Of course, the other things that. Uh, you sit there, and you always see an exciting event at a college match. But other lessons is recognizing who the team leaders are. One of the things I was impressed with uh, Mitchell College is that it was obvious after about the fourth or fifth day there that one of the team leaders uh, was a uh, senior who was not a starter on the baseball team. But was he important? Yes, he was. And, of course, uh, that's lessons that us coaches can learn, too. And, of course, uh, the nervousness of those new players. As I said, it was a young team. And you could see the first couple of games, uh, some of the hesitation, uh, looking at each other's uh, whose uh, ball was going to be. Naturally, when uh, you don't worry about a senior or a – uh, junior uh, in that occasion because they know they belong there. But you look at a freshman, you suspect they might be wondering, do I belong here? So there's many lessons that can be learned by going to those uh, events and uh, lessons for coaches too, I should say. Moving from city to city, it also became obvious that the challenges of tennis are similar to baseball and other sports. Each of the locations were manned by volunteers who assured the enjoyment and success of the game of baseball. Many of the players, many of the players, got reunited with parents and grandparents again 
who came to support their teams. And, of course, being a listener, I heard many discussions concerning the NAIA, NCAA 2, NCAA 1, and other league challenges, perceived failures, successes were discussed, as well as Major League uh, Baseball apparent use of college baseball to supplement the minor leagues. But none of that affected the enjoyment of the baseball games. I could not also help but to examine my views on our tennis organizations and reassure my belief that uh, our governing bodies are really not much different than the governing bodies of other sports and, truthfully, probably not of our country. To me, the evidence supports my view that government is needed but when it take when it gets too large, it is no longer listens to the people that made the sport or uh, what it is, if it's tennis or in this case baseball, whatever. Uh, instead of uh, instead, they seem to produce more regulations. They restrict growth. Uh, they they not, are not good listeners, uh, and uh, it becomes. Uh, obvious that uh, those of you listening to the Yellow Ball Network have heard me and others express our view that a team consists of more than athletes and coaches. It takes the support of a community, and it was obvious while we were away that although they were unhappy uh, with college governing, the success of the 219 college baseball season for that our team and the others, I view, it's your advantage to, to think about this. Oh, you know, my grandson, Ryan? Okay, well, his first game, he pitched what I thought was a very uh, good game. He won seven innings. Uh, but, unfortunately, the team came up a little short on runs, and uh, he lost the game. Uh, four days later, he had his second opportunity to pitch, and he even pitched better than he did the first game. Uh, the team getting starting to gel together and play together and hitting better, uh, scored more runs, and he even his record to one and one. But um, as Ashley, I'm sure, can tell you, uh, that's just one part of the journey that will go on for him. Ashley? Um, I really appreciate you joining us uh, again on the broadcast. Uh, it does seem when I uh, take off, there's uh, something always uh, happening, but I do appreciate uh, you putting um, things into perspective. Uh, those of you that don't know Coach Hobson, um, he is a person that is ATP, WTA, ITF, Davis, and Federation Cup experience. And uh, most of the people I talk to uh, agree, uh, considered him uh, by many people uh, to be one of the best tennis uh, trainers in the world. And I've been blessed to have uh, Coach Hobson uh, join our uh, coaches. He took his time uh, and some of his players uh, to the uh, Florida USTA National Campus and uh, uh, gave three days of their time to help share the expertise with us. Uh, Ashley, I'm appreciative of some of the ITF information. I would like to mention, because I am a big believer of the Little Mole tournaments, and I think you have a Florida sectional uh, at uh, Inspiration Academy uh, at the, sometime at the end of this month, don't you? Yes, we do, John. We have a Little Mole sectional May uh, 30th and 31st uh, that's available to players 8 through 12 years old. Um, and Little Mo's have been a stepping stone for many players to higher uh, elevations in the game and it's a, it's a great event and um, we're looking forward to hold it, hosting this for the, for the first time. Well, I, I'm sure the people that uh, attend will just enjoy it. Uh, one of the real special places that I attended in my 
White Bobby and I say it often that our first uh, exposure to Inspiration Academy uh, a few years ago, you just walk into uh, that place and you know it's a special place. But uh, let me get to a question you brought up about a little bit. You know, we've had um, many people, including Andy Roddick, that's gone. And we're just way after that, but the tennis. Um, that's a very loaded question. Uh, <laughs> why can't it's we seem to grow it? Um, sorry, when you were saying about that, <laughs> I think. God, was... Yeah. Yeah. Um, geez, John, I, I think uh, if I look at the game of tennis today, uh, middle of March 2019, I, I think we're down uh, two sets to love and a break, you know. Um, mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the third here, uh, you know, there too. Um, nationally with uh, the college scandal and uh, I, I think um, you know we, we just need to get all our heads together I, and I think uh, I, I think the main thing is egos you know we need to get our heads together uh, the ATP, WTA, ITF and come up with a better solution that they've currently proposed for 2019 I mean we're actually you know killing the game right now with the not allowing people to 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 play and you know got this transition tour going so um i think we're doing a um i mean a worldwide i i think uh you know um it's um we're we're not doing a job a good job growing the game um even world population is growing it's getting more affluent we have more uh money to be able to put into the sport but i don't know i just don't think it's being channeled in the right way and and growing you know the right uh, the right sports. I think uh, some of the Grand Slam nations. I, I've I've always said this. I believe they they keep too much of the earnings that they make from the Grand Slams. Uh, the the U.S., uh, England, France, and you know Australia. They don't they only give back about a percent, one percent of of their earnings to to the ITF, who is really in charge of um, you know growing the game around the world. You know, so they're there's, it's a very loaded question. There's an hours on this, but um, we're definitely not in a good place right now. No, we we definitely are, and I uh, and I know, like everybody else, I have my own bias, and I think one of the major problems is that uh, a lot of times we're shouting at each other and we're not listening to each other, and, and as I stated in my commentary. I'm afraid that uh, as these organizations get better, they just don't listen to the people that really help make them. I am one of uh, traveling around the state for 10 days and watching baseball games. I remember what we did years ago to grow uh, uh, tennis, and maybe we became too dependent on these organizations, and I'm not sure if they're helping us or hurting us. But then you look at, what's going on in college, I I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I I just don't think we make, we try to make things easier for our kids and everything. We don't make it things easier. We just, we, we present more opportunities for people to cheat and more opportunities for uh, people that uh, are in a better position to, to, to take shortcuts for their kids. I think what I really yeah, the thing I enjoy about you is that you you know you teach from within. You you you, you sit there and have people earn their way. And I I don't know what happened to uh, IMG, but I think back years ago uh, when Nick Bellatieri used to get on me sometimes about uh, all the time he used to tease me, do I have a computer? Do I go? And he always said, well, I don't use a computer. And I always said, well, I'm not big like you. I, I have to use it. I have to do it myself. I can't afford it. And then IMG comes in and buys it out. And uh, I, I guess I I, 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 I just I'm, I'm confused, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I was talk, talking to a fellow coach. I have a friend uh, in from England um, for a couple of uh, weeks and to spend time with him. And he's going to 
helped me through a busy time with uh, us uh, traveling to ITFs around the world. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him about coaching and coaches, and I was like, you know, very few coaches, you know, pr- pursue this as a, as a craft, you know, like a good craftsman. You, It's going to take years for you to become a good coach. And, you know, people are looking for the shortcuts or the quick fix or to get a good player and make them good real fast and then become a well-known name. And, you know, just the very few players or, I mean, coaches, I think, want to spend the time in, in the trenches and, and do the due diligence about, you know, about developing people. And I think it just comes down to money and greed a, a lot of the time. Um, yeah, and even that's with, you know, maybe in um, with the big uh, corporations and federations, it's all about the bottom line. You know, um, it's, it's, we're not in a, we're not in it for, for the right reasons, you know? I, I think that's uh, true. And I think, uh Sometimes, in, in a, a well-respected coach that you and I both know, and I think we both love, and we uh, got into a discussion, and it talks about the country club atmosphere and uh, ruining the game, and about only the people with money can go. Well, it, it, it pays. I I had a chance to spend um, ten days with my family, and I think of my daughter. And two uh, sons she has. Uh, uh, she has one going in college next year. Will be playing for Manhattan um, uh, baseball too. Unfortunately, not tennis. Although she played uh, uh, high school tennis, and uh, her husband used to come down and help me years ago. But uh, they, she spent. You know, I, I think we it's we simplify things when we say only the rich can do it. When her two boys were coming up, there were boys that were equally as good and if not better. And matter of fact, my son-in-law admitted that he thought two of the boys were better than our two boys. But they were privileged to be able to work with good coaches. And it cost a lot of money. And everybody can't do that. I understand it. But uh, everybody, you know, at the same time, I think we cannot be critical for the people that love their kids enough and are willing to spend the money to sit there and make sure they go. They didn't expect them to produce right away. You know, they did this for five or six years. Their investment in the two boys were enormous. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it almost it's like it's cheapening it for them, and it's a shame. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just, um, it's expensive to play tennis now. Um, and, uh, it doesn't have to be, you can, you can do it, uh, cheaper, but just generally it, it's the core, uh, versus other sports. It's, it's way more expensive, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, the organizations that be, uh, they can make it affordable if they can, you know, establish programs uh, in in areas where 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 it makes it more affordable, and it can be done, you know. Yeah, it, it can be done, but I, you know, it seems like the emphasis is more on shortening the game and uh, making it uh, more uh, TV uh, compatible, but. Um, I just, I guess I'm struggling, but I don't think competition is a dirty word, and I don't know if there's any shortcuts in life. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, you know, you have to work for it. You have to invest in it. You have to, uh, uh, I, I just think that our organizations are putting their emphasis in the wrong place. And in following uh, people complaining about uh Colleges there with the ITA and Division One and everything, you know, baseball has the same uh, problem, but it does look like Major League Baseball from the conversation I've heard uh, with coaches and everything as I was uh, uh, traveling around the state. It seems like they're looking to invest in the uh, college uh, kids 
uh, well, actually, you know the reason why. You've got to make sure a person, when they get to a certain level, um, they're able to not only compete in whatever sport they choose, but they have to be able to handle the situation that's presented to them. And uh, you do a magnificent job in making sure your players are doing that. And sometimes I think, you know, my first love with basketball, we rush these uh, kids in. Uh, they can go from high school uh, to the NBA. Well, uh, athletically, they might prepare, be prepared. But uh, are they really prepared to go out and meet the challenges that life throws at them? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely not. And and uh, why, why, tennis is, you know, the best sport in the world to to challenge people on uh, on on their life skills. Uh, I still think we've undersold that through the years. We've you know promoted it as being a healthy sport, as being a fun sport, but as a life skill. I mean, I see uh, you know top twelve year olds in the world competing at at uh, Orange Bowl in December. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of other 12-year-olds, you know, they are not under the stress. They've never been under this situation of, uh, you know, having flown from around the world to compete here. And, um, you know, uh, the different cultures, the the one-on-one battle. I mean, tennis is just the most wonderful sport ever to teach life skills. And we've undersold that part of tennis, you know, to to the world. I mean, there's just no other sport like it. I mean, I look at those 12-year-olds are competing there or nationally or even sectionally. I mean, the stress that they're undergoing is just so much more than any other um, 12-year-old or 14-year-old or 16-year-old, for that matter, you know, competing. It's, it's just such a wonderful sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question about that. I think there's... Uh, we, 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 I think they could get ready for life's challenges a lot better uh, at, through the game of uh, tennis. I mean, I think it's well, any sport they can, but I mean, tennis is specific. Tennis is specifically, zero. yes. Right. I don't want to hit you with another loaded question. But let me ask you, and if you don't want to discuss it, I understand, but... Uh, you know, I question myself, and you know, I do have a, a bias uh, uh, towards gambling. But uh, does the ITF have a conflict of interest uh, with its sponsors? Uh, you know, one being from uh, betting companies. Uh, do you have an, a, an opinion on that? Is that something worthwhile for us to discuss, or do you have something else you want rather talk about? <laughs> Yeah, um, very interesting where the ITF is heading right now. I think there's uh, there's um, general annual general meeting in uh, September. I know there's going to be some challenges for the uh, leadership of the ITF. Uh, um, I think there's a lot of dissatisfied people with the ITF. Uh, definitely with their new transition tour, it's um, it's been very very uh, disruptive to. A lot. I mean, we're talking hundreds of tennis players. We're talking hundreds of coaches. You know, around the world, it's just totally thrown their world into uh, into um, what what can I say? It's been it's some of for some of it. It's been for some people. It's been you know career changing. You know, so mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a um, I think a badly thought out idea. Do there need to be changes? Yes. So we, we, I think there always needs to be changes. We always want to be growing, but I don't think necessarily in the right way. Um, with the, yeah, ITF being sponsored now by a betting company and by one of the biggest management companies in the world, is there are huge conflicts of interest there, and I, I couldn't, I can, you know, understand why they would take on those sponsorships. Yeah, it's a it's a two-edged sword. Uh, it really, I should have included IMG in that, that question because uh, it does, you know, there does appear to be a conflict of interest there, and it and I think it just 
especially living what we just lived through the last few days uh, uh, with people buying their way into college and everything. It seems like yeah. we're making it easier for these things to happen. I mean, 99% of the people out there, the officials and everything, are outstanding individuals given of their time. But we are human beings, too, and uh, when you do... Uh, uh, leave yourself in a position that we're exposing these people like we are. Uh, I, I, I just have a hard time understanding it. Yeah, no, no, so do I. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's always two sides to every story. So unfortunately, I don't have access to you know what what the active decisions were, but they very much. You know, um, I come from a low low background, so whenever I look at the facts, I need to see both sides of the story. So I'm not really getting both sides of the story, so it's tough to make decisions here. But, I mean, it certainly seems like huge conflicts of interest between the ITF and, and who's sponsoring them. And, um, I, you know, I think these have been very, very poor decisions. Um, and I'd like to have known, you know, why those specific decisions were made. Yeah, it, it seems that way too. I, I'm of the same opinion, and I'm uh, fortunately I'm old enough to remember. I come from a back a basketball background, and that was my first experience in coaching and being in uh, coming from the Greater New York area. At one time, that was the hub of basketball. I mean, uh, people don't realize that uh, the uh, at Madison Square Garden at the end of the year was bigger than uh, the NCAA championship and they had to change the rules and finally uh, they added teams and then they finally changed the rule that if you got the invitation, you couldn't play at the NIT. But from being where basketball you know, own the situation, we got into a situation where college players were uh, shaving points and referee, a couple of referees got caught and everything. Uh, and that whole, what used to be the powerhouse of basketball and college basketball has just disappeared. And, uh, you know, it's easy to blame those uh, few officials and those a couple of basketball players that did it. But, you know, I think we have to sit there and look at the whole situation. What, what created that? And I, I look at what's happening now. It's easy to sit there and condemn. I'm not a big movie person, so I don't know who these stars is. I wonder, my wife told me who one of these women is. <laughs> She's a big star. And yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, give all that money, but is it their fault or is it the college's fault for putting them in a position like that? Yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a good question, John. Um, you know, I think it's a, a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I definitely uh, think, uh, I think there's going to be a backlash with people who, you know, who um, – you, I just think of the people that didn't get into these colleges because people have been put in ahead of them. So, you know, that's what makes me sad is that people um, who are, who have been affected directly who could have got a college scholarship to play a sport and never got in because somebody was uh, somebody cheated to get them in ahead of them, you know. So that's been, yeah, that's, that's been yeah, um, that's, this, this very disappointing for, for those people, you know. Yeah, no question, and and that's the problem with uh, as a society when we start uh, attacking individuals instead of attacking the problem. And I think that's that's the challenge we have in sports now, and especially in tennis. Uh, I I think the, the somehow we have to get the ITF and other organizations to communicate and listen. Uh, and we have to listen to both sides. And, and I often say it's a lot easier to listen when you're not yelling and, uh, at somebody. And it's uh, and listening to me is not one to enter 
up to get a, to get your point into, but trying to analyze what the other person's views are. I think our biggest problem is we're not we don't uh, like you said you you don't get to see to make the decision of both sides. You don't know what both sides of the issue, and then until you do, uh, how do we uh, determine what's right and what's wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, but, you know, I think this is a good time to to take stock, you know. Um, I mean, this is uh, tennis has been rocked by massive scandals in this last year. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the, if the powers that be could get together and, you know, make these decisions, uh, um, you know, this, this year, 2019, could be a watershed year. We could move forward, you know. I, I definitely no, I think uh, if there's ever a time to do it, it would be now. Well, uh, that would be a blessing. There's no two ways about it because somehow we've got to make uh, our sport. I, I think one of the things we we forget about, and I know you have it because you talked about it and you offered suggestions on a previous uh, broadcast and uh, uh, some of the things we do, but, I mean, uh, we've got to become a sport that can produce a living for God. I, I mean, to me, it would seem like it'd be three or 4,000 people. We'd, we'd probably be happy if we could find a thousand people there. But if we don't do that, how is that, how are we going to continue to grow? Uh, it, to me, that's just as important as uh, making sure the time of the game is shorter to me a TV channel. I, I don't know. But your thoughts on that, please. Oh, boy, yeah. Um, I mean, th- this has been a sore point for about 20 years, John. I mean, you know, especially being in performance coaching, we are, you know, people's little 10-year-old comes up and says, well, you know, what's your, you know, always ask them, you know, like two questions. How much do you love playing the game on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> Second thing is, you know, what are you? What's your end goal? What What do you want to do with this game? You know, so when they look at you and say you want to be professional, and then you're telling them that you know you have to be in the zero point, what one percent, you know, have a chance of making it. I mean, it's just it's disheartening, um, and I think uh, you know that's why we lose a lot of kids to the game too. There's there's no future. There's no you, it's very tough to make a even a living as a as a coach. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a lot of hours and in Florida in, in the sun and uh, it, it's 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 difficult. It's it's not it's not an easy way to make a living. But um, I mean, definitely as a professional, I mean, we have what 150, 100, you know, 150, 160 people making a living on the men's and women's sides. Uh, it's just it's it's ridiculously small and it shouldn't be like this. So we were generating enough money to be able to sustain way more people, um, you know, through the game. I mean, you know, the just the the U.S. Open is just generating so much money for the USDA um, and each of the Grand Slams, and and now they got these these. Um, the you know the Davis Cup. The only good thing about the new rules for the Davis Cup would be, you know, that they've given back a a, a lot of money. I don't know the exact number, but I hope between twenty five to fifty million dollars a year to the ITF, which you know they can plow back into development of the game. Which I don't like the new Davis Cup format, but there was a positive there, where money was given back, you know, to to the ITF. Right. However, the you know, this I, we still just don't see where this money is being spent and how it's being plowed back into the game. You know, I think we just created centers of competition to come for people just to compete and and make a living out of it. Um, whether in in the U.S. or was in uh, Lake Nona and then in Carson, California, um, like in you know Antalya, Turkey, you have 45 tournaments a year. You know, um, and we have a small country like that just producing tournament after tournament for people to go and and train and play uh there's just no excuse why we we're not doing that and uh um i think if you can produce a uh sustainable competition structure 
uh, where sustainable, meaning that the people who are playing in it can sustain it and make a living out of it, you would create a huge amount of people staying in the game and, and, and playing the game and, and training to be at that level. I agree. Well, and unfortunately, I just, uh, you know, I had firsthand experience. I have two grandsons uh, that I love. Uh, like I said, their mother played uh, high school uh, tennis. Uh, their father was a, was a baseball player, but he was an outstanding uh, tennis player, too. And uh, before the kids were born, he used to spend the month of January down here with me, and they'd be working. He'd be working with uh, uh, my better player. Their uncle uh, uh, played college tennis. Uh, tried to uh, go on the tour, but the John Denise School of Tennis. I often tell people I was the other John Denise. The John Denise School of Tennis was my son, and uh, and they're playing baseball because. They're smart young people, and they know they have a better chance. I mean, if they make it or not, who's going to know? Uh, but just going through college is going to make them better people, in my opinion. And uh, if they make it in baseball, I don't know. But they definitely have a better chance than they do in tennis. And uh, how do you tell yeah. them, uh, you know, you shouldn't do that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and it's so sad because, as I said earlier, you know, tennis is such a great life skill sport. You know, um, I'm sure other coaches from other sports would, you know, maybe argue this point. It's just such a great life skill sport. So, even I have a, a 11-year-old and 9-year-old, and I have them playing as well, but it's not on a serious basis yet, but I have them competing there. But I would like them to, you know, to 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 play tennis um at least just the reason i like it so much is you know my father said to me that you know in tennis you're going to make the most friends uh meet the most interesting people and you you're going to learn you know about yourself and about life um very much so you know so mm-hmm. it's just uh we i think we we're, we're missing the we're missing it in, in, in such a great um you know in such a great way i mean it tends to be an individual sport a lot of people don't like to play these because they want to have that you know that self-reliance you know right so um yeah uh, it's 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 yeah um, you know as a parent of young kids i'm I'm also looking at it now and i'm like wow i mean you know we're, we're playing and we're training but i mean i've assessed their you know talent level and figured that hey you know they are are not uh, you know overly endowed with talent. They they're very average, and you know they can play college tennis. But um, you know it's sad that because we're shooting at such high levels of athleticism and, and skill set is to be a top hundred tennis player. It's it's, it's you almost like a you're almost like a superman. Um, I was just watching the Indian Wells tournament and uh, watching this young Felix. Uh, um, I can't even say his last name. Um, oh, but they are they Greece. are just super, super, super athletes. I mean, it's just yeah. they're in the top, you know, top percentile of, of of the world's population in terms of how athletic and how good they are. You know. But I think that's happening in all the sports, though, and I think there is, and uh, to, and that's why I think it goes back to your point is that we need more people need to make a living at that because when you look at you know uh when i i, I played uh baseball not like my grandson did but I, I don't think i uh you know could uh throw the ball at 80 miles an hour and these kids in high school they were throwing 90 miles an hour and now they're in you know one's yeah. in college and the other one would be in college next year but they have so much more equipment and when you go to your place i mean the things that you're doing truthfully we were doing years ago so we're producing the better when i say we i mean the the game of tennis not uh, i don't put myself in your class to begin with i'm uh, way beyond those uh, years 
but we're, we're producing the better athletes than there were before, in my belief. I mean, uh, uh, we are, but the opportunities, we haven't created more opportunities for them. You know, it's just the no, same people. No, absolutely not. Yeah. More money to a few people. Uh, but, and I don't know if we need to even give the amount of money we give for the first place. I mean, would they not, what would they do? Would they not play tennis if, uh, if we didn't make the purse bigger next year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the, uh, with the amount of uh, information we have now, people can assess it pretty quickly. You know, what are the, what are the opportunities and, uh, of making it, you know? And, and, and uh, I mean, I think we're talking about growing the game. I think this is one part of it. We can, <laughs> the kids are smart. I mean, they know, they, can, they figure out, you know, whether they have an opportunity of being good enough to play professionally when you only have 150 people who can do it. So, you know, I mean, uh, we have, uh, you know, six, seventh graders who can figure that out. Right. So uh, we're growing, growing the game. We're definitely not growing the game because they're they're assessing the situation and coming to the conclusion that they can make it. Because not because they're not good enough, really. Is that the, the you know the percentiles are too small? Right. Well, yeah. yeah. I I appreciate uh, what you're doing, and before I let you go. Why don't you sit there and tell me a little, tell, well, <laughs> tell me, because I've been blessed to know that, and I've been blessed to you know, shared uh, your expertise with uh, our uh, state high school organizations and everything. But tell the people something about what you're doing in uh, Inspiration Academy, because I, I really believe uh it, 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 there's value there. Who the if the people are gonna go on the pro tour and make a lot of money? I don't know. I think of the two young men that you took up to the uh, national um, campus, yeah. and uh, I don't know uh, uh, if they're gonna uh, make it or not. But I know they're gonna make it in life. I mean, just you know. You do more than teach the skills of tennis. I really believe you're, you know, there's, you are the leader in what's going on. So you tell us a little bit about why, if I uh, didn't do such a lousy job with my grandkids, have them go baseball instead of uh, tennis, why should they come uh, to Inspiration Academy? What are you looking at? Um. It just comes back to, you know, the philosophy of, you know, of, of what tennis can give to us. It can make us better human beings and definitely uh, being able to contribute to to the world, you know. Um, but the main thing, you know, when when we teach in, uh, is, you know, we're, okay, so we, if we teach somebody who's a great forehand or a great backhand, um, but they, they, they're not good competitors or we teach them to have a great serve, and volley game, but they don't have any focus or they don't have any discipline, or we teach them, um, you know, to to win all the time on the court, but off the court, you know, they're they're not good people. Um, I, I I really think, you know, we, we've gone about teaching this game wrong. We focus on the technique first. Um, when we talk about Inspiration Academy, we talk about you know, t- developing champions from the inside out is that, um, you know, we, we want to develop people's character. And, and, and when I talk about character too, I talk about, you know, accountability. Um, you know, when, when we, we, we're, we're pretty old school and we hold players accountable and we hold people accountable and we hold, um, you know, them to high standards of, of behaviors. And I think, uh, you know, that that's the big difference. And, um, I see people come and train and watch us train and with their players, with their kids and um, pro players come through and they don't see anything different sometimes initially. But the thing is, is the, the environment, you know, the, the, the environment that you're in um, can create, just create, make you a better person. I think if you can be a better person, 
you can be a better tennis player. Um, you know, but that's secondary. And I, and I think, you know, to make somebody a, a, a good tennis player shouldn't be the primary goal. Um, I heard somebody uh, spent a day with um, Nick Balteri recently, and the person wrote a, um, there was a European coach, and he wrote a, a blog post on it, and he was just amazed. He said, you know what? He never talked about tennis the whole time. He just talked about, you know, the person's work ethic and um, their, um, you know, their character traits. And I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is what we need to teach first. We, we, we don't need to teach them the skills first. We need to teach them, you know, all those other life skills, which then in turn, you know, if they have those life skills, then they can translate it into, you know, their sport or their life or their academics. Um, I just think the environment is very good where we're at, and uh, we have a, 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 a lot of good players, um, but we have, uh, more importantly, a, a, a lot of good people, you know, and um, I think that, you know, that's a, it's a special place, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I couldn't help but uh, uh, think of you. As a matter of fact, I had... Uh, uh, talking to my uh, daughter when we were away and wishing that you were on the uh, east coast instead of the west coast of Florida, uh, just because I know you have the baseball uh, program there too. But when you're yeah. looking at that Mitchell baseball team in the middle, and you you can't help but you know you listen to everybody in the stands and uh, uh, and people they're talking about last year's team, you know the seniors they lost and so-and-so at second base would have made that play, and -and so-and-so would have, uh, at shortstop, would have made that play, and and that person shouldn't have had, uh, you know, he's going to get his earn runs going up. But, you know, I was really impressed with the coach. I I said in my commentary that first, by the third game, you couldn't help but recognize that a person in the dugout who was a senior and he was one of the four co-captains, and he wasn't a starter. In uh, 10 games, he never uh, got to play. But, uh, you know, he was an important part of uh, that team. And you can see in measuring him, this were people like you that I've seen and it impresses me so much when somebody comes to a place like yours, or in this case, the freshman out there on second base or third and now they're first baseman's running towards the ball, and you can see the hesitation in the kids because they haven't played much yet. They're at a new level. They're uh, it's not high school no more. They're in uh, college, and uh, now they uh, sit there and there's hesitation. Boom, the ball drops in the middle. But, you know, that's, as they played more, when you saw that, second part of that uh, 10 games that we were blessed to see, you could see those same kids playing baseball because the coaches letting them know that, you know, that's okay. You're going to make a mistake. You you know, he moves them to somebody out for the obvious thing. And I uh, was saying to my daughter, I wish to, you know, you should have, the the boys uh, would have been great there and she said, yeah, but you would have had to go to the other end of the state. And I said, yeah, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's true. But yeah. we got to get you yeah. to get yeah. a place on the East Coast and West Coast so I can see you more often. <laughs> I would like that, John. Well, is there any uh, – we just about killed another uh, broadcast. I, I think I enjoy talking with you too much sometimes. Is there anything you'd like to uh, tell the audience before you go? Um, yeah, you know, I would just you know, encourage, I mean, if there's, you know, coaches listening, you know, just to, to develop your craft, you know, become good at your craft. Don't, you know, don't worry about, you know, the financial. Obviously, there's always financial implications, but, you know, be, if you be, just become good at something, uh, I think, that's the goal, you know. It's the progression towards uh, towards greatness. It's not the reaching of it. It's um, just trying to get better every day and and really working hard, you know, uh, towards that and, and and trying to you know 
help the game and grow the game of tennis, uh, just even in your small community. I mean, I, I live in a little bubble, and I, I hate to move out of the bubble. I stay in there as much as I can. And um, I, th- I think it's it's just to become, you know, great in your little laboratory bubble um, and uh, be as good as you can there and try and instill you know, good values into the kids um, that we're working with more than just good technique. Well, I thanks, couldn't agree thanks, with thanks you for more. Having me. I, I appreciate uh, what you have done, and I still wonder, uh, I, I know the USTA had told me they were going to sit there and uh, do some programs uh, with you, um, because they, instead of at the campus, we didn't do the ones on the campus that we wanted to do because of the bad weather we had. But I still haven't seen them, and uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of uh, turn. I think I know you well enough. It isn't because you uh, don't want to or no longer are willing to uh, contribute, but... I just think that they're doing the wrong things too. I, I I don't understand why we don't have videos on you teaching and sharing that because uh, you know we all made mistakes when we started coaching. To me, the secret is, you know, can can we get somebody to make less mistakes than I made when I got into coaching? And, uh, you know, and and this is what to me what the USTA should be looking at as far as on the coaching level and uh, uh, recreation tennis is very important. I agree with it a hundred percent, but uh, if America is going to continue to be uh, a competitor, we've got to get people rob your brains like I try to do every time I'm on and I don't see them doing it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's uh, chat more. Really enjoy our conversations. Very good. I enjoyed it. Thanks for being on the broadcast, and uh, uh, go enjoy the family now. Uh, those of you listening, thanks. I you would too, remind John. you. Thank you. I would remind you that uh, next week we will have uh, Ed Crass. Uh, he's put the uh, other. Uh, uh, part of tennis together, which is called one-on-one tennis. There's singles, there's doubles, one-on-one doubles. And, uh, again, if you have uh, a good high school players, anytime uh, he has a – he'll talk about next week a tournament he has coming up, I think in May. And if you haven't been to a one-on-one doubles event, you're really missing something. I had taken my high school – teams, not all the players, but some of my players to uh, different events that he ran close enough by, and they competed in some and others. So it's very important. Uh, Tell your friends uh, about the broadcast. Uh, I look forward to uh, our conversation with Coach Ed Kress next week. Uh, He's a a special uh, gentleman uh, and uh, uh, he uh, has uh, runs a lively uh, tournament. It's something you will enjoy. I'm sure we're going to have another uh, good conversation. Uh, the Almighty willing, I will uh, be talking with you again next week. And remember, the next thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen at any time you want. So I will post this, and you can go in and listen to the broadcast whenever you choose. And if, like I said, if someone's taken the last copy of Florida magazine, uh, you know, go to uh, Florida uh, Tennis and uh, you'll be able to see the last issue there. So have a blessed week, and uh, we will talk again next week. Bye now.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.